0: Hi, and welcome back to the Medicine Encompassed podcast. I'm Mindy, your podcast initiative co lead. For those of you who don't know, Medicine Encompassed is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that provides numerous opportunities oriented towards the integration of STEAM and medicine and aims to produce content and offer a multitude of services to underprivileged and underserved students. The podcast is our initiative to explore medicine through an informative audio format.
1: Hello everyone, it's Megan, and we're back with another episode of the Medicine Encompass podcast. Today, I'm here with the infamous, the amazing, our favorite person from Hong Kong, Alyssa Wong. Yay! Um, I'd just like to start this
2: episode with saying a quick goodbye message to my podcast initiative co-lead, Mindy. Mindy was the lead of Hosts. And that's going to be Megan for now until we find
1: a new applicant. Bye, Mindy. We miss you. We'll miss you so much, Mindy. Mindy was also the Surgery Initiatives Coordinator. And as I am usually the Surgery Committee Leader, I worked with Mindy also very, very closely besides being a part of the podcast family. So we're going to miss you so much. Yeah. Bye, Mindy. We hope you have all the luck in the world and we hope you have an amazing life. (laughs) You'll have heard Mindy's voice at the
2: start of this episode and you'll hear her again at the end. This is the first episode of season three titled What's the Problem? Our season title is What's the Problem? Because we're going to be dealing with issues in the healthcare landscape.
1: And this episode specifically is based off of the primary focused question Saving lives, but the question is to what extent? The idea and ethics behind treating patients in unique circumstances, like treating a murderer, an enemy, an ex lover. This episode in particular is going over the concept of doing no harm. So, when doctors are taking care of patients, they make this specific oath, also known as the Hippocratic Oath, to save all lives. But of course, there are some cases where Of course, doctors are humans, and they have to treat patients of unique circumstances. And today, we're going to be talking about the ethics behind treating those patients in unique circumstances. So you're going to be hearing Alyssa's opinion, my opinion, and all of the above. So let's get started. So Alyssa, for our American listeners out there and our fans of Grey's Anatomy, I wanted to bring up this episode that occurs in the fifth season. So it's called Sympathy of the Devil, episode 12. For our listeners out there, feel free to check it out. But I wanted to talk about some of the ethical dilemmas that occur in this specific episode. Because while Grey's Anatomy can be proven to be quite inaccurate in the medical sense of things, it does present some good insight on what's it like treating patients in unique circumstances. So a bit of a brief background of this episode. One of the main characters, Derek Shepard, he's a neurosurgeon. This patient comes in who is a prisoner and this patient happens to be a murderer. And Derek has to treat this specific patient. And then as time goes on, the prisoner wants to die on his own terms and die at the hospital. Derek, being of his own moral ethics, he wants to save the murderer because he wants the murderer to stand trial because the prisoner, he is on death row. So he only has like seven days to live. So the question that's being exploited in this specific situation is, you have to save all lives. You have to save this murderer's life who is destined to die not even that far away from when you help save that person so i wanted to get your thoughts on this based off of this specific situation if you had to treat a murderer how would you react especially in a setting of this extent i think i would just treat
2: the murderer as you would treat any other patient because that's primarily your job as a doctor to care for people like in that specific situation that you described I mean, I am against the death penalty. So I would just, I would let the patient make that choice that he made. It was to like die on his own terms in the hospital, right?
1: Because he yeah. was going
2: to, what was his injury?
1: Spoiler zone, guys. But in the episode, because Derek Shepard is a neurosurgeon, I believe he had some type of cranial injury. And towards the end, I believe he had some type of hemorrhage of some sort. But all I remember is that At the very end, there was like a very thin layer covering his head and the brain. So the murderer decided to ultimately bang his head because he had a craniotomy. So his head was completely exposed. So because his brain was completely exposed, he banged his head on the bed. He ultimately died on his own terms. But Derek did not agree with that.
2: Oh, I think for this situation, it deals more with issues of euthanasia specifically. And the right to die, I believe,
1: should apply to everyone, even a murderer. Personally, for me, I think that in this specific situation, I honestly would have probably just saved the person. Because although he was on death row and he was going to die, like Alyssa, I don't personally believe in the death penalty either. It is my personal job, like as a doctor, if I was like the doctor in that situation, um, it is my job to help that person, whether or not he's going to live the next day. Because if you think about it, even when you do like a surgery, even if you've completed a procedure, even if you take care of a patient and just in life in general, you can be healthy one day and then dead the next kind of little morbid and a little reality check. <laughs> But life isn't permanent. Like, you don't know when, if you're going to die the next day, if you're going to survive the next day. So, I think it's the job of the doctor just to make sure you make it through that specific situation. And whatever happens next is up to that person's choice. So, like, in this case specifically, I would just help save that patient. And whatever happens to him next, it's not my problem. What I do is more specifically, tailored to the medicine and helping that specific person no matter the background or situation he may be in.
2: Yeah, I think in terms of that patient's um choice to die like that was more of like an individual choice because he didn't need like a doctor's assistance to sort of bang his head. So it's not really a place where the physician would have a role. So so I think if you consider your role solely to be performing the
1: surgery and then from then on it's the patient's choice, I think that could also apply. I think especially in this situation, Derek is truly against letting the patient die in the hospital because he believes that that murderer should pay for his crimes. But I would perform the procedure and whatever happens next is that patient's business, not mine. The whole reason or like the role I play in that situation is to simply to resolve that situation. I'm not the judge and executor of like death. I don't control death or anything. Like whatever happens to them is their choice. Personally, for me,
2: I think I would consider myself to still have a role in the patient's life even after the surgery, because I consider like the job of a doctor not just like to perform the
1: surgery, but maybe to like check up on the patient afterward. Yeah, I think that's where the part where moral dilemmas and ethics come in the medical field because if you have a patient in this specific circumstance or in some other difficult circumstance it could really test your limits of who you are as a human being and how what type of doctor you want to become because doctors should be impartial with like decision making and all of that type of sort like you need to just cure that patient no matter if it conflicts with your own personal belief you need to do it but of course there's some moral implications and you can always ask someone else to do it for you but like I don't know it's very difficult and it's quite a difficult topic to talk about. Building on what you said there
2: about like conflicting with your own morals I read this um, doctor's memoir called this is going to hurt. And it's so funny. Um, It's really great. (laughs) I'd recommend you to check it out for all of our listeners there. And there was one specific entry where the doctor was talking about um, performing abortion procedures, because this was in the UK. And some doctors opted out of doing that because they said it conflicted with like their religious and moral beliefs. Um, and the joke there was that he's pretty sure some of them weren't religious at all; they just didn't want extra work. But I think that really like says something about how you know, if like someone else is available to do the job and it personally conflicts with your moral beliefs, like you can sort of step aside and let them take over.
1: Yeah, I definitely see that. As you listeners probably know already, Alyssa and I come from backgrounds with medical with medical parents. So we've definitely heard this conversation once or twice around the dinner table. I think something to keep in mind is with all of these moral and ethical dilemmas, doctors and medical professionals have that role of having to do it some way or some sort and have it get done, help save that patient. But if it conflicts with your moral beliefs, you get someone else to complete the job for you. But that job has to be done no matter what. It's just a depending if you are the right doctor to do that job.
2: Have you heard about how Guantanamo Bay, um, the facility there, because the people who are held in Guantanamo Bay, because all of those men are now beaching middle age and old age. It's, I saw an article that said it's basically becoming an old age facility, like an assisted living home. And there's lot, loads of stuff about you know, how much the medical treatment for those patients is costing them and you know and also all those like gruesome side effects because of like the way that they were tortured for information and stuff i feel like even if like they are guilty of what the government says they did i feel like if there's inadequate medical treatment in the facility they should just release them to like be treated especially
1: if they're going to die soon anyway So bringing up that point that Alyssa talked about, about Guantanamo Bay, that is a real life situation, but we're going to detract a little bit and go back to hypothetical situations and things that happen in fictional TV world, TV medical drama world, because while this happens in real life. Sometimes these over-exaggerated situations in your medical dramas that you see on like Lifetime or like Prime TV, they're much easier to understand. We're going to bring up another medical drama in the realm of Grey's Anatomy to continue broaching on this topic about the cause of doing no harm and to what extent can we do it. So I'm going to bring up Private Practice and Private Practice follows a bunch of medical professionals in California (laughs) and this episode in particular in case our viewers want to check it out it is season three episode 23 the end of a beautiful friendship this episode in particular talks about this specific doctor Sam I don't remember what his last name is at the moment but Sam has to treat the person who crashed into his pregnant daughter's car. And in that situation, although the patient in question is not related to Sam, as you can tell by my description, he has to treat the person who caused harm to his daughter. He did do it because, of course, he's a doctor. Spoilers. Again, this is like a whole spoiler episode, guys, if you haven't watched these episodes. but He does treat the person who essentially puts his daughter into harm's way, but they don't tell him. When the person goes on the operating table, Sam does not know that this is the person that caused his daughter to get injured, and he doesn't learn this until later. What do you think about that type of situation of treating someone with that much of a motion, emotional impact, but not letting that person know. Alyssa?
2: Well, I think even if the patient did do harm, the doctor's job is still to do no harm. So I feel like if there were other doctors available and that like he had been aware of um, the way that patient was connected to his daughter, I feel like they could have found another physician who could have easily taken over um, everything we regard- got regarding the man that crashed into the other doctor's pregnant daughter but if he was the only one available i feel like they had a motivation for keeping the fact that the patient injured his daughter from him have you seen the movie the farewell yes i have yes so um some people i saw a lot of reviews from like western critics who were like really surprised that they wouldn't tell the grandma, but that's actually like more of a common thing in Asia. Like I asked my mom about it and then she said, yeah, she has had families request that she doesn't tell like an elderly patient about their condition because that's what's best for the patient. But in this case, like keeping the truth from the doctor was a way to help, was a way to like protect him and allow him to do his duties properly
1: and yeah. So I have another follow-up question to what you're talking about. So what would you do in that specific situation? Like, how would you be able to manage your emotions if you were Dr. Sam in this case, and you knew that the patient you were treating had injured your daughter? How do you think you would be able to manage your emotions that you would? Because, of course, if you were in a situation like that of course you'd be protective of your daughter and if you're trying to save the person who injured her and put her in such state that she could potentially die how would you manage your emotions to do that procedure to save that patient's life
2: was the daughter like okay like while he was performing the surgery was she in like a
1: stable condition she was not
2: oh my gosh i feel like i would not do it i would try to find another um another surgeon anyone else who was available to do it so that I could just like I would rather be with my daughter than performing a surgery where I'm possibly emotionally unstable and that might affect the way it goes what do you think you would do in that situation
1: so personally in this situation I wouldn't know exactly what I would do because given like the specific circumstances of that episode and what you just said I would have a hard time because I let my emotions get to me quite a lot. I'm a very emotional person, very bubbly, very opinionated and peppy, for lack of better terms. So I tend to express my emotions pretty well. And emotions play a big role of how I conduct my life. So if given a situation like this, and I would have to like push my feelings aside and push my emotions aside to help that patient, I'm not exactly sure if I would be able to do it like physically able to, because I would think that I would be so distraught over my own daughter to even think about helping someone else. But of course, I would know that it's like my obligation. And I made an oath to do no harm and to help everyone. But in that specific situation, I think I would be so overcome with grief for my own daughter to like without even thinking about helping someone else, I would need to get through all of my stages of grief before I could even think about helping a patient in that type of way. To add on to
2: what you said, I feel like I don't think that I let my emotions get to me that much in like high stress environments. But obviously, because you know, I'm 16, the most high stress environment that I have, is you know, during exams where I feel like I stayed pretty calm even if time is running out. While there are other students who I know they have a really hard time like staying focused and like avoiding getting nervous and stressed. But obviously you can't really um, apply like an exam hall to an operating theater because they're obviously really different. So I feel like I wouldn't actually know how I would feel until I am in that situation. Now moving on to more realistic situations that you're more likely to encounter in real life, because obviously the chance of someone crashing into your pregnant daughter, and then you having to treat that person is probably really low in real life. So now we're going to be discussing physicians treating family members and um, the issues related to that.
1: Alyssa and I, in case you don't already know, are separated by the great sea we are on completely different continents, which means our medical professionals go by different regulations. So in America specifically, there's a specific rule against physicians treating family members. So in general, physicians shouldn't treat themselves or members of their own families, but it's acceptable to do so in limited circumstances specifically. So in emergency settings, isolated settings, or when there's no other qualified physician available. So I feel like the American rule applies in general, like treating patients
2: for anything. But I know that my parents, like they treat me for like minor issues, like when I was little and I would constantly be jumping off tables and whatever and getting like minor injuries, they would treat those. But I know that for any sort of life-threatening situation they would take me to a
1: hospital and they wouldn't just treat me themselves so as you can see like the physicians treating family members is a topic that can be very broad in a sense I think wouldn't that also go on like the concept of would that person be comfortable being treated by a family member because like in a sense like if you're for example, like your surgery if like your dad was doing it and you knew he was like cutting you up wouldn't that make you feel the slightest bit uncomfortable like
2: no I mean maybe if I had just been in like a huge car accident and I'm going to die and the only person available is my dad I might be a bit more nervous because I know that he would be like more emotional but if it's just like putting some alcohol in a wound, I don't really
1: care. Yeah, I think that also depends on like the relationship that you have with your parents. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Because I think we've both been pretty fortunate to have family members that we're really close with. Like the relationship we have with our parents is very good. But what about in situations where you don't have that good relationship with your parent and the only person left is your parent? Would you be comfortable with that? Especially if you like know who the doctor is and you know you definitely are not comfortable with them.
2: Honestly I feel like the, this could sound like the, a very high stakes episode of Grey's Anatomy. A an estranged parent and child brought together by a deadly illness or whatever or deadly injury. But I think you know if you have a bad relationship that is like an even worse idea because you have like even more complicated feelings like it would be complicated if they had a good relationship because like you know it's more high stakes for the doctor obviously but if they have had like a difficult relationship there's like even more emotions like going on in there so it's probably a bad idea
1: speaking of that Grey's Anatomy idea Grey's Anatomy Shondaland you guys should hire us to make your new plot episodes for like the newest season you know you should give us money. And donate it to Medicine Encompass. Compass. Link in the description. That was such a weird plug. But anyways, like we said before, physicians treating their own family members have such moral implications, especially like given the situation and given the relationship. I think we can both agree that when it comes to ethical dilemmas dealing with treating patients and doing no harm I think it really just stems from the concept that the patient you are treating you have a specific type of relationship with them and whether or not it's a good relationship that will play an impact on the moral implications or how bad it may be ethically to you depending on the type of relationship that you may have with that patient so we'd like to now discuss
2: a situation where maybe you don't have a relationship with the patient and the patient is a total stranger and you don't know about their criminal background. There's nothing going on there. And this situation would be in where a doctor has to treat a patient in a non-medical setting. For example, you know, if someone collapses on the street or on the plane or anywhere else where there's only you available, like you're the only doctor there, but you have to treat this patient just without any sort of medical equipment. Well, they might have some equipment on the plane, but, you know, it's not in a medical setting and it's not in, like, a professional area.
1: Alyssa and I actually talked about this earlier, and we were talking about how, like, in a plane, there was this type of situation where if you were a doctor going on a plane, would you say that you're a doctor if emergency were to occur, or would you wait until the last second thinking that there would be another doctor to cover you so you wouldn't have to treat that specific patient. So personally, I don't know how I might react to this type of situation. I think as a doctor, of course, I would want to help that person. But then at the same time, I don't want to be burdened with the responsibility if I do make a mistake because I wasn't given the proper information. It's known that in hospitals, doctors have a chart with all of the patient's information when they treat them. But in these trauma situations, you don't get that. You just get everything that's there. You only get the information people tell you. And I don't know. I would treat the patient. Obviously, I would play my doctor role (laughs) and responsibility and help out a moral dilemma that I probably think about, or at least briefly cross my mind is the concept that what if I mess up because I wasn't given the proper information, especially with this emergency trauma setting? What about you, Alyssa?
2: I saw a video where this actually happened in real life. And it was a couple in China. And they were both medical professionals and they saw this guy collapse while crossing the street and they immediately stopped the car and got out and helped him. And I think you know that was obviously the right thing to do, especially because there were two of them. So they could sort of work as a team. And they were in like a busy street. So it was like a big city. So they were able to like quickly call an ambulance where like people would arrive with the right equipment and could take him to a hospital. And I think also because like if you're in like your country where you have a medical license to practice, like that would obviously be easier than if it's on a plane and you're maybe like in an international air zone. I think for me, what I would do, it might depend on like, at what point this happens in my life. Like if I'm already like 45 years old, and I've had like loads of experience dealing with like emergency situations, I'd probably be way more comfortable treating them. But if I like, graduated from medical school a week ago and it's like my first time actually like being in an emergency situation i might wait like to see if there's another doctor on the plane or like someone with more experience who might be more qualified to help them
1: i think that's what i would do as well i know that there is the good Samaritan law where if you tried to help that person and it was of good intentions you can't charge for anything i still think that if i was really new like like you said just graduated out of med school a week ago i wouldn't be as confident in treating that patient like i would yes i would treat that patient but i would obviously be extremely cautious because i would not have like the experience of someone older and wiser i would probably first see if there's a more experienced professional to help out and then i would just Listen to what that person says and provide my own input and help in that type of sense. But if I was the lead in this type of situation, like I was leading everything and helping doing all the diagnosis, I think like you would be extremely uncomfortable, but not because I don't want to treat the patient, but because I'm uncomfortable in my own abilities, and I'm not sure if I could treat that person to the best of my abilities. But yeah, I think that's our general consensus on this type of situation. Something just struck me, and I had a little question for you, Alyssa. So if like the patient that you're treating in this emergency situation has a medical ID. So for example, Jehovah's Witnesses do not prefer to have blood transfusions. If they are a Jehovah's Witness, then instead of using blood transfusion, you would have to use saline. What if you were given this type of situation where you had someone with similar beliefs, and you have to do it like you have to break their religious beliefs in a sense in order to save them would you respect their beliefs? Or would you do that? Or would you break them to save their life?
2: Is the patient in this situation? Like, are they conscious and like talking to me about what they want to do? Or are they just unconscious? Because if they are unconscious, I would choose to just give them the blood transfusion anyway. Because obviously, it's highly unlikely that they've been in a life or death situation before, where their religious beliefs about blood transfusions were like put to the
1: test. I wouldn't want to just let them die because they didn't want a blood transfusion. I think in these specific situations, like going back to the special circumstances, patients in unique circumstances, I think that religion, while it does play a role in such trauma situations, in such emergency situations where the patient is unconscious, I've, believe that it's in your right as a medical professional to choose what is best for the patient. Because in America, I'm not sure if they have this in Hong Kong, but doctors can use the court to court order a treatment if the patient is not of the right of mind. So I would think that sort of applies to this situation where if they're unconscious and I need to save their life, I will do what it takes to save their life. Considering on this concept of whether or not they consent, I think consent also plays a factor in the medical field. To what extent does this consent deal with? Because that also plays a big role in ethics. Because if there are these patients in unique circumstances and they don't consent to That specific treatment but that treatment will save their lives well that's a moral dilemma right in itself
2: in terms of religion playing an aspect I saw this video on YouTube which was about parents who let their daughter choose to go to heaven rather than like having more I'm not sure if it was chemotherapy or I think she had cancer and it was pretty severe and she chose to go to heaven and stop treatment rather than continuing those procedures And I feel like because the girl in question was only five or six years old, I don't think that they should have let her do that because a five year old probably doesn't really understand like their religious beliefs, you know, because it's just what their parents are telling them. I don't think she would have had a real concept of life and death. The parents should have made that decision for her because like it's their job as parents to choose what's best for their child and i think they should have like made that decision in conjunction with the doctors treating her rather than letting the child sort of make that decision
1: herself i definitely agree with you in that sense i think it just depends on what is going on in that circumstance and you have to really pay attention to what is happening so it can't be generalized the decision has to be made based off of what is happening at the moment rather than another random case that might be similar to the situation like it has to relate specifically to that person tailor it to that patient or else like the ethics of that situation don't even like correlate to each other so it wouldn't even make sense now that we've talked our way through murderers Treating murderers, all the way to emergency trauma situations to treating family members. It's time to talk about what kind of doctor do we see ourselves becoming? Because Alyssa and I do plan on becoming doctors in the future. So, Alyssa, if you were placed in these type of situations, or in the future, perhaps when you are a resident, or when you're a full fledged doctor out about in the world and doing all the things that you could possibly do. How would you deal with all of these moral implications and moral dilemmas?
2: Well, I trust that my future self will be a very fully formed, confident person. And of course, you know, once you've been through medical school and you've done your residency and so on, I feel like I'll have much more real life experience and that I'll be able to know what to do.
1: Yeah, just like you, at the moment, I, of course, am not a medical professional whatsoever, So I don't think I have a say in what kind of doctor I will be, but I do know after the years of schooling that I will do and the amount of experience that I will get from like the process of becoming a doctor, hopefully when I become a full-fledged doctor out and about that, I will be confident, be able to use good judgment and figure out that balance between good and bad, figure out that morally gray in between area. And hopefully in the future, I will be the doctor that helps my patients but doesn't compromise my own personal beliefs. Hopefully, I'll become that doctor that patients will be comfortable with. But at the same time, I will be comfortable with them and the procedures that I do. That was our episode on the moral implications of doing no harm. This season, season three, we're going to get into a lot of moral and ethical dilemmas in the medical field and just generally in medicine. So get ready, everyone, and you're in for an amazing, but a little brain-melding type of season. See you next time on the Medicine Encompassed podcast.
0: Visit our website, medicineencompass.org or our link tree to learn more about our organization. If you would like to suggest a topic to our team or be a featured guest on the Medicine Encompass Podcast, please email us at podcast at medicineencompass.org. Remember to follow us on Spotify and Instagram at the Medicine Encompass Podcast so you never miss an episode. Have a great day cover art by Angela Liu Produced and edited by Alyssa Wong. Produced on Anchor.